Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. We're now in our final week here in the capital of Lithuania in Vilnius. We head off exactly this time next week back to England. I've now given back the the Royal Enfield Scram 411 and also the car. And it's a very strange feeling. I don't like it. Not having a vehicle of my own, not being able to just jump in a vehicle. I don't care if it's a car or motorbike, but being able to head off wherever I want. I've, I forgot what that feeling's like. Because suddenly when you don't have your own transport, your world becomes very small. Your world becomes about a one and a half mile circumference of where you're, you're sleeping. Uh, it's something that never really crossed my mind until now. I'll be honest with you, I kind of wish. I knew this. I said to Monica, look, it's fine. I'll drive the Fiat with the trailer and the Bonneville attached. And she said, no, don't be so stupid. Don't be so stupid. We'll get a car here. But there's something about having, having your own, at least your own car here so you can head off whenever you want. You know, car hires, uh, there's always some way a car hire company will, will rip you off when you get to the airport. There's always some way. Every time I rent out a car from a car hire company, there, there's always some weird fee that two days after I give the, the car back and I get home, Suddenly my bank account's £300 lower than it was before. And I can see, ah, great. Well, that was Hertz Rent-A-Car. For some reason, they've taken £300 that they never told me about. And I call them up and they say, yeah, this was the, the X or Y. Of course, it's in the small print. But the problem is when you get to one of these car hire companies, you, you've already prepaid. And they say, great, just sign here, please. And it's an e-signature. And there are three people behind you and you're in a rush and there's this tablet on their desk, on their desk, and all it has is the signature page with, with no contract there. I mean, you can scroll and read six pages of contract if you want to hold everyone up behind you, which next time I will do, because now I'm scared about getting any rental cars. Motorbikes are different because they're usually run by, by individuals who are real passionate people for motorbikes, but these big car, car hire companies, I trust them zero percent not even one so maybe i'll rent a vespa for a day or two in vilnius currently i'm enjoying electric scooters and also electric motorbikes around here for the city heaven to get around the city like that right let's get to it i've been reading just this morning a bit of mcn motorcycle news the uh, the magazine, the newspaper for all biking news. And there are a couple of bits that interested me that I just wanted to start with. First off, UK, new bike sales on the up. Monthly bike sales statistics shared by Motorcycle Industry Association show that new bike registrations are up by over 4,000 units on this time last year. That's a big increase for the UK with 74,980 motorcycles registered to date in 2022. Guess what the biggest seller is? Royal Enfield's Meteor 350 is currently the best selling motorcycle above 125 cc's with 1,000. I mean, this is just incredible. Just let me digest this. I'll read it first, then I'll digest it. 
Royal Enfield's Meteor 350 is currently the best-selling motorcycle above 125cc with 1,135 registrations, followed by BMW R1250 GS Adventure racking up 1,129. That is incredibly close. So that literally just six sales in it between the Royal Enfield Meteor and the BMW. So let's digest this. There have been there have been seventy four thousand seventy four thousand nine hundred eighty motorcycles registered to date. Royal Enfield's Meteor is the best selling with one thousand one hundred and thirty five, followed by the BMW. That's very interesting. I mean, BMW for for someone to topple the BMW R twelve fifty GS is a, a serious feat. A serious feat because the BMW is still a lot of people's dream, most aspirational vehicle. It is the dream motorcycle, and to get such a diversion, a, a big kind of wide gap between these two bikes. You know, one is probably how much are the big GSs? They've got to be sixteen thousand pounds or something like that. They are. A real a beast of a bike, very expensive, very high-tech, very powerful, a huge amount of everything. And they're not completely the other end of the spectrum. You've got the Meteor, couldn't be more different, yet these are the top two selling bikes and effectively nothing in it at all. Moving on from that, now this is something that's interesting because right now, if you want a genuinely cool, great value, Lowish capacity CC bike, let's say 300 to 650 CC. There really is only one option, and that's Royal Enfield. Whether it's the Interceptor, the Continental, the Meteor, the Classic, the Himalayan, the Royal Enfields almost have the market to themselves. And a lot of people have said, Freddie, the, the Honda CB350, which is out in Asia, that, that is a very, very good rival to the, the Royal Enfields, but we don't get it here in Europe. We don't get the Honda CB350. I've seen pics of it, it looks brilliant, but for some reason, Honda don't think it will be a seller in Europe just yet. Well, I'm sure Royal Enfield are proving them wrong, but are we ever going to see those bikes? Surely we are. Royal Enfield have proven, they've proven, and they've got the Hunter coming out soon, which looks great. They've proven we in Europe like these small capacity great looking bikes, but they've got to be good looking. This is the key. If they're not, if they don't evoke some kind of emotion, I'm sure it's not just a European thing. If they don't evoke some kind of emotion, then we will only see a small capacity motorcycle as a, a simple city commute, really. We won't see it as more than that. Royal Enfield have changed the way we look at smaller capacity bikes. They, they can be genuinely cool, that's the key. For me, the thing that is a slight turn-off for me, let's say all of the, the big manufacturers, they all make these great-looking big bikes, whether it's Triumph or BMW or Harley-Davidson, they all make great-looking bikes. But the hard thing is to translate those good-looking bikes into a genuinely good-looking, cool, smaller-capacity bike. And that is not as easy as it sounds because a lot of the time when these manufacturers, the big guys... When they create a smaller capacity bike that they hope will appeal to a larger audience, a lot of the time they look like, oh, well, they've just made a, a small bike for beginners. 
why does it have to be like that? Why does it have to look like a small bike for beginners? Why can't they just go out there and make a good looking bike? Prime example for me, there was the Harley Davidson 750cc that came out and it did not do well. That came out a few years ago. You can now pick them up for peanuts. I can't remember the name, but go and have a look at Harley Davidson 750cc. And it looks like a bike that's been made to be a small bike, but why couldn't Harley just make a brilliant looking sportster kind of bike, a really good looking bike with a 750cc engine? Perfectly possible. Yet they couldn't translate the cool looks of their bigger bikes into, into a smaller capacity, more manageable bike. And, and I don't really know why that is. So Triumph have come along. There are a few sneak peeks here. I'm reading from MCN again. A very bonny baby Triumph. Exclusive spy shots reveal Triumph's all new factory of UK developed. Now this is interesting. Triumph's all new, fa uh, Triumph's all new family of UK developed. Wow, so they'll be made in UK. Developed. Well, it must, must be made in the UK, sub 500 cc. Wow, so these will be sub 500 cc, not even 600. Sub 500 cc bikes, and they are close to launch. I'll read you a bit of this. At first glance, these spy shots of Triumph's new baby Bonneville could easily be mistaken for the new model in their T100 family, but a more lingering interrogation confirms that this is the first fruit of the marriage between Triumph's UK R&D division and Indian manufacturing giant Baha. And despite the inherently Triumph heritage, styling cues and quality cycle parts and finishes, evident even on this final stage prototype, this new family single cylinder model will be the firm's first, uh, the firm's lowest capacity and cost offering from the Hinkley era low capacity and high volume. The exact capacities will power, uh, the exact capacities that will power the new family, which is expected to compromise, uh, comprise a street roadster and a scrambler, are tight-lipped secrets, with the firm resolutely stating no comment. But Triumph's chief product officer, Steve Sargent, previously confirming to MCN that the Baja tie is about middleweight capacity bikes. So we would say middleweights probably start at 250cc and maybe go up to 650. So bikes in that kind of capacity range is what we are working on. That's very interesting. So they will be teaming up with an Indian company. And there's really no one that does this kind of thing better than the Indians at the moment. That great value, characterful engines of, of small to mid capacity bikes. If we're talking about money, let's just have a very quick look at this. Um, buyers holding out for a Royal Enfield price rival to the Hunter or Himalayan are likely to be disappointed. Closer likely rivals would be the BMW 3 uh, G310S and KTM's 390, putting the bigger capacity models in the 5 to 5.5k ballpark. Now that's a tangible step down from the £7,600 Trident, and the 9,300 pound Bonneville. So possibly we're looking at a five and a half thousand pound, 500 cc Bonneville coming looks wise. And I've got it right in front of me here. Let's just have a look at this. Looks wise, 
Oh, it genuinely looks like a baby Bonneville. It may, may, may not quite have the classically good-looking good designs of the Bonneville, uh, slightly more futuristic rear end, but it's, it's a perfectly decent-looking bike, and it will, it will very probably be a good seller. Not quite. It's, it's kind of a neo-retro, I would describe it as. It's a good-looking bike, very possibly, and it's early stages yet, I'd have to see it. I may very possibly side with the Hunter, looks-wise, but uh, I remain open-minded on that slightly kind of modern rear end and more classic front end. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Right, I move on. Here we go. Um, Oh, this is a good one, JB, I like this. Uh, so, so I'm just getting up that, okay, here we go. JB, um, let's have a look at this. Listening to the latest, I'm reading here an email. Listening to the latest podcast, the fuel tax section boiled my broth, certainly. Petrol users are double subsidizing EV users, one through road tax and two at the pump. You know, I often, I often forget that. We are paying huge amount of taxes at the pump, filling up huge amount, about 45% of every penny that we spend on fuel goes straight to the government. And of course, we have to pay tax, an annual cost, uh, I think it's about £110 for the Bonneville to give you an idea, an annual cost, um, that's tax. I mean, the thing is, it's an easy way, isn't it? So easy way for, the, for any government to get money from, uh, from normal people. Just tax motorists. It's easy. You have to do it. There's no way out of it. And it could not be easier because there's no way around it and no way out of it. Now, this is an interesting one because JB has sent me a bike that I've, I've spoken about before, about six months ago. And I spoke about it as a very, very good buy as a modern classic. Now, JB has just brought this into my attention again. Freddie, have a look at this. It's something you should definitely be talking about. Great prices, great looks, authentic triple soundtrack. 82 horsepower, uh, so a faster contemporary of the Bonneville, yet often overlooked. The Triumph Thunderbird Sport coming in at four to five K. This is not a bike that will be on many people's radars. JB, thank you very much. Sending my best to you up in Scotland. This is a bike that will be on, on very few people's radars. And a lot of you won't have heard about this, the Thunderbird, because this really came out at a time significantly before Triumph started exploding. So the Thunderbird, they've done a few iterations of this. They came out with this 1600 and 1700 CC big cruiser versions around about five years ago. They didn't sell too well. I quite like them actually, and I would buy one. But before that big cruiser, very weirdly, it wasn't remotely a cruiser at all. It was more a roadster that looks very similar to the Triumph Bonneville. Just as good looking as the Bonneville, lovely looking bike. It came out in the year 2000, so 22 years old. Classic flat track styling. Um, and it's the, it's the sport version of that Thunderbird few slightly sportier features in essence. Lovely looking a kind of twin exhaust coming out on one side. Now this will be a bike that will, I'm, I'm completely certain, will be going up in value. So let me just see how much you can get these for because this would be, well I won't claim it, this is JB's tip, but this would be a tip for uh, a bike that will 
and you can mark my words here, it will not go down in value. If you want a bike that looks superb, timeless styling, it will look just as good now as it will in 10 years time, and it will be going up in value, I'm sure. So Triumph, I'm just going on to Auto Trader, Triumph. Now this is the thing with the, the Thunderbird. Once you go and have a look at these, you will see a, a ridiculously big difference here. I've got here the Thunderbird 1600, the Thunderbird 1700, and the Thunderbird 900. I mean, it's a ridiculous size difference in engines. Completely different bikes. No idea why they called it the same. I will go to the Thunderbird 900 and click here. Okay, so you can get a basic Thunderbird 900, not the sport version, which, to be completely honest, look just as good, and I would be considering one of those too. They start at £3,000, and that's for 19. In fact, if you don't go for the Sport, they come in, there's a 1995 model here. 885cc, very interesting, be very similar to the, the engine of the Bonneville. They come in at 3K, and they carry on 3K, 4K, 4,100, and if I go to the most expensive one of these, they will go all the way up to £6,000 for a 2004 model. £6,000 for a Thunderbird 900, not the Sport. If you want a Sport version of this bike, let me just type Sport version in here. Now, a Sport version will start higher, unsurprisingly. 4400 for the cheapest Sport version, however, the most expensive sport version, again, it will go to £6,000. So you're looking at four to £6,000 for these sport version bikes. Now, the interesting thing about this is they absolutely, without question, have not dropped in value in the past two years. And my, my thoughts, they could well have started very slightly increasing in value, value. But the one thing you're guaranteed here, buy one of these bikes and you'll never ever lose a penny on them. They bottomed out a long, long time ago, and if anything, they're going to start creeping up now. You're looking at bikes that are around about 25 years old here, so they are prime time, you know, within five years or so, six years, they're going to start being a real appreciating classic, and very possibly that could be a bike where you're kicking yourself for not looking at them when they were still, relatively speaking, affordable. So go and have a look at that. I'll include the details of that uh, in the written description. Right, I move on. Freddie, talking to a bike dealer today. Oh, this is interesting. I, I started having a look at this this week. Talking to a bike dealer today. I carry on reading. He says a lot of interceptors are now hitting the market. Now, he thinks that many young buyers are buying Royal Enfields when wanting a Bonneville or a Thruxton, but then disappointed and now selling on. I'm not sure if there's any substance here at all, um, but it's worth keeping a watch on. I tell you what I'm going to do then. I'm going to have a very quick look at this. Is there some substance to this? Are people moving on? Royal Enfield interceptors, um, and in essence, upgrading. Are they not bikes that people hold on to for long? Well, let's have a look at this. Let's analyze uh, in the best way I can and the fastest way I can. 
because I could be looking at bikes all day, but I want to kind of keep this as quick as possible. I have done Royal Enfield Interceptor on Royal Enfield Interceptor on, on Auto Trader. I've done a search. Now they came out in 2019. So in the past three years, they, they have been available. And there are 104 Royal Enfield interceptors available. That's between 2019 and 2022. 104, remember that number. I'm now going to have a look from 2019 to 2020 at the Triumph Bonneville. The only reason I say the Triumph Bonneville, it's, it is a competitor of the Interceptor and in a decent chunk of people's eyes, it is the one to have. So I won't do the Triumph T120, I'll keep it at the Triumph T100, which is the 900cc version, and I'll go from the year 2019 onwards, the same as the Interceptor. And the amount available for the Triumph T100, 37 bikes. What was the Interceptor? 110, I think. So 110, remember that, 110 Royal Enfield Interceptors are currently for sale on Autotrader and just 37 Triumph Bonnevilles available. Now, don't take that as absolute set in stone gospel because more interceptors were sold than Bonneville, so that's not really a fair comparison, but at least it gives you some idea. So take it with a pinch of salt to what I'm saying, but 37 Triumph T100s available compared to um, 110 Royal Enfield interceptors. And I'm going to do one more interesting thing here. Why don't we have a look, just out of curiosity, BMW GS. Because this is a bike that we know sells even slightly better than the Interceptor. So it's more expensive, but they sell just as well as the Interceptor, maybe even slightly better. So let's see how many people shift on these BMW GSs. What would it be? It would be the, the BMW GS 1250, uh, 2019 onwards. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'll give you a second, have a guess. BMW 1250GSs, the ultimate BMW. They would have sold a very similar amount to the Royal Enfield Interceptors between 2019 and 2022 because they often jostle for first place. And the number of BMW GSs currently available for sale in the UK between 2019 and 2022, 138 so significantly more than the Interceptor. I will keep an eye on that, but it looks like, looks like people are shifting on the GSs just as quickly. Very interesting to see that. I'll keep an eye on that. So is there anything in it? I'm unsure, but it's a very interesting, very interesting thing, interesting thing to look into that. Very interesting. Oh, I tell you what I'll do, I have to do one more thing. I have to do one more thing because someone actually said a similar thing about the, uh, this will be the last one I do with this, the Royal Enfield, the Royal Enfield, what was it? Um, the Himalayan. Someone did say people are shifting on the Royal Enfield Himalayans fairly quickly. So let me just see if this is true. Royal Enfield Himalayan. 
and that is 118 Himalayans available from 2019 to 2022. Now, there could be something in that because they do not sell as many, anywhere near as many Himalayans as BMW GSs. So there may be something in that. I'll keep an eye on it. Okay, I'll move on from that. Very interesting. Thank you for sending that. Um, listen to this, Freddie. I hope you're well. I'm writing all the way from uh, all the way down in New Zealand with a question for you to discuss on your podcast. I've got a friend who's previously been into sports bikes and sports nakeds and is now trying to get back into bikes and purchase a new one. He's asked me for advice on what new bike I think he should go for with a budget of 13,000 New Zealand dollars, which equates to 7,000 Great British pounds. Due to his license restrictions, it must be the equivalent of an A2 motorcycle, so 660cc or less. Look, due to my own affinity for retro-styled bikes, brackets, I have a custom Royal Enfield Interceptor 650, I've recommended these bikes, and I'd be interested to see which of these you think is best, and if there's any other worthy contenders I've missed. The list. Number one. Yamaha XSR 700, brackets, he's previously had an MT-07 and loved it. Kawasaki Z650RS. Number three, Royal Enfield Interceptor 650. Number four, Triumph Trident 660. And finally, Ducati Monster 659. Ryan, thank you. And Ryan, hello over in New Zealand. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, this is so good. This literally came in about two hours ago. I read the email. I thought, Ryan, I have to squeeze this in today because I love stuff like this. Okay, okay. Let's analyze this. Your friend has been into sports bikes and sports nakeds, and he's now trying to get back into bikes. Now, what I'm reading into this is he... F oh, I think... Bear with me. I think that's Monica just knocking at the front door. Let me just see if I can open this for her. Right, here we go. I'll carry on in a second. I'll just open that. Monica, I'm just doing the podcast. Pleasure. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I've got a good search on, so I'll speak to you in about five minutes. Okay, I carry on. That's just Monica getting back. So, where do we begin? Your friend had had been into bikes, sports bikes, sports nakeds, but he fell out of love with it. Now, what that tells me is that he didn't find or he lost his affinity with these sportier bikes. So I need to make a brave decision here. If, if your friend has fallen out of love with that, I'm discounting the Ducati Monster because that's, you could argue it's more like a sports naked. And I'm going to stay away from that because we need to show him something new, a new way of biking that maybe he can fall in love with. I'm getting rid of the Ducati Monster. I'm also going to get rid of the Triumph Trident because while that's a lovely looking bike as well, both great looking bikes, it, the only reason I'm getting rid of them, he's had sports nakeds, he's had sports bikes. And I know you could say the Trident is more retro styled, but it's still got slightly that kind of vibe. And I want to really move away from that from him, show him something different. Royal Enfield Interceptor, yes, I would keep that. Kawasaki Z650RS, yes, I would keep that because that's still got the retro styling. Yamaha XSR 700. Do you know what? I'm, I, he's had an MT-07. I will actually remove that. 
it's, I'm sure it's an amazing bike, really fun, but I want to show him something very different. I'm removing that. The only ones I'm keeping in the list, the Kawasaki Z650 RS, the Royal Enfield Interceptor, and that's it, those two. But I want to add two more. Okay, have a listen to this. Let me just get this up. I have identified two bikes, both completely different, because I want to, to, to show a completely different way of riding that will offer a different lifestyle perspective on riding. So not so much you know, going out and really wanting to find some amazing roads to attack the bends. I'm going for that more laid back biking. And the first one of those ident I've identified, and I'm really excited about this. So it is the Kawasaki, get ready for this. Just getting the search open now, the Kawasaki Vulcan 649, okay? This is a 649cc bike, so it's absolutely fine. It fits below that 660cc limit. It's also way below budget. These come in at 5,200 pounds, and this is a cruiser from Kawasaki. You can get them for incredible value. They come in beautiful, really beautiful, Color, color schemes like matte green khaki and black and just really nice mean looking colors. I've got one open here, 650cc, 5,200 great British pounds, all black. It looks really, really good. And it will show your friend a totally different way of riding that I think may well make him fall in love with biking again. I mean, have a listen to this. This one's just three years old. It's got 3,780 dry miles and garaged as well. That's all it's got, 3,780 dry miles and it's garaged. It is as close to immaculate as you could possibly imagine. Just looking at it, I can tell this is, this is effectively like buying a new bike and it's 5,200 pounds and it looks cool and it's a cruiser. So let's say your friend's been into, you know, wearing, full leather kits for his sports bikes. Well, this is new. He can go out and get some, some cool biking gear, you know, some jeans, some cool looking boots, some retro gear, maybe even an open face helmet. Lovely looking bike and so far below budget. Have a look at that Kawasaki Vulcan. And there's one more I wanted to show you as well. And it's a bike I've just discussed before, but I've discussed this bike in the 1100cc guys. And that is the Honda Rebel. Now it's a bike that I tested and did a video on on YouTube of the 1100. I was gigantically impressed. It's a really very, very good bike. They also do it in a 500cc variant. And you know what I'm gonna have to do? I'm gonna have to Google it because as is always the case, they don't call it Honda Rebel. I hate it when companies do that. Just call it a Rebel. There you go, CMX 500. Okay, so if I type in Honda CMX 500, they even do a 250, but there's no need for that uh, because you're allowed to ride the 500 or your friend's allowed to ride the 500. Right, Honda Rebel 500. I mean, these come in at 4,200 pounds. You know, you get the panniers on the front. You can get that little blanket roll or tool roll to put on the front forks to give it that real old school cruiser look. They're coming at 4,200 pounds. All day comfort, the cruiser vibes. I know this bike well, the handling is 
stunningly good. The performance will be brilliant. Just all day laid back, off the scale cool cruiser vibe. So you've got two bikes there, both Japanese, both retro cruisers, both really, really laid back cool vibes that will offer your friends something very, very different. And you on your custom interceptor, your friend with one of these classic looking cruisers, that's, that's what it's all about. That's a match made in heaven for a nice Sunday ride out into the New Zealand countryside. Let me know what you go, go for. I'm, I'm gunning for these two Japanese bikes. I think the Japanese cruiser bikes, I often say it, they represent a fantastic option. And it's not just the fact that they're, they're extremely well-made, extremely reliable. It's the fact that they do do them. 600cc for the Vulcan and 500cc for the Rebel. They do them in these smaller engine sizes, yet they are proper sized bikes. You're not sacrificing some of the cool looks, like I said, for the earlier Harley Davidson. These look like really, really good bikes, proper full-sized bikes. Let me know what you go for. Ryan, the best of luck. I think you've got a good selection there with your, your matches and your picks as well. Thank you so much, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. Have a fantastic week in the sun and I'll speak to you next week.